Okay. These guys are going to help me out this evening. Here we go. Teacher, which command in the law is the most important? Jesus answered, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the most important command, Matthew 22, 36 to 38. Thanks, Jess. Next. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Matthew 13, 14, 45 to 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for, choices, for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Amazing. Give these guys a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant. Man, it is so exciting to be here at the first Threads Live. First one back, first one of the term. I'm excited. I really think God's going to do some stuff. It's great to see some new faces tonight as well. Um, so I, this evening, my name is Laura, by the way. Hi. Thanks. Um, so I'm continuing this evening on our IDK series. What does IDK stand for? I don't know. And uh, what I'm doing this evening is I'm going to continue this, but I'm going to ask a question throughout this evening. And this is the question that I am going to ask. Is this a fandom? Okay, so this is what we're going to be chatting through a little bit this evening. Can, could you just raise your hand for me if you are aware of what a fandom is? Okay, a few, a few not. It's a good job that I've brought a definition with me, isn't it? Oh, Hannah. Give Hannah a round of applause for the visuals. She is on it. Okay. This is the definition of a fandom. The community that surrounds a TV show, movie, book, etc. Fan fiction writers, artists, poets and cosplayers, yes, are all members of that fandom. Fandoms are often consist of message boards, live journal communities and people. Okay, so just while I get set up, what I want you to do is if you had to be in a fandom for one thing, so one like film or TV series or book, what would you join a fandom of? Okay, have a chat with a person next to you. What would be your fandom if you had to choose? Okay. I hope you have learned a little bit about the person next to you. Discovered some of their quirkiness. So uh, tonight we are going to talk a little bit about what it means to be in a fandom. And are we, as a part of the church, as people who maybe some of you guys in this room choose to follow Jesus, is really what we're part of a fandom. Now before I go into that, I need to tell you something about myself. Um, and some of you may know this a little anyway. I am not chill. I am not chilled out at all. I have no chill. And so therefore, fandoms for me, this is never something I can join because I already have a tendency to be a bit OTT. So joining something like a fandom would actually make me like... I just can't do it. It's not safe. So, for example, there's stuff that I really love and I'm really into. And if I'm into something, I'm, like, really into it. So I'm going to tell you about some stuff that I'm into. And some of you guys, I think, are into similar things. So the first one, a little controversially, Harry Potter. Hello. So I love Harry Potter. Um, one of the things uh, that I, I love about, I just love it. Um, when I was, I was younger, I, I'm old enough, by the way, to remember when the books were released, right? So I remember when the fourth book came out, I literally dragged my mum and dad around bookshops on holiday, making them buy me the Goblet of Fire, and then they didn't hear from me for like four days. Um, I love it. Um, I also, as I grew up, and bearing in mind I was an adult during some of this time, I would finish a Harry Potter book and I would be a little bit depressed for a few days that I didn't get to go to Hogwarts, that I'd genuinely be a bit sad. And then this is me, yes, Han, this is me in my Gryffindor robes, Gryffindor, yes, Gryffindor, with the 
Godric's sword as well. Godric Gryffindor's sword. So that, that is me. I love Harry Potter. Another thing. So another example of how like, not chill I am. Um, I, someone recommended a book to me once. Someone recommended me a, an author. And they said, oh, you know, you should really read just one of these books. I read one and then I did this. I bought all these books. These are not all the books. These are just the paperbacks that I bought. You should see my Kindle. And these are all by the same author. If I'm into something, like I am properly into it. The other thing I love now, which you guys will not have seen and definitely, definitely not have seen, uh, is Game of Thrones. So I know it's a little controversial. I know. I'm really into it. And um, I, I, I watch the, the programmes. I watch the fan programs afterwards. I read the blogs. I watch the, the, the YouTube uh, uh, things on it as well. I'm really, really into it. So much so that when we went away on holiday, Beth Newman, who was hosting just now, did this to our toilet. She made our toilet into the Iron Throne, which is the throne from Game of Thrones. Yes. You see, I can't afford to be a person who joins a fandom because it will get more extreme. It will be too much. Um, no one would ever want to speak to me even more so than they don't want to speak to me now. So I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, however, fandoms aren't always seen positively. This is a second definition that I found on Urban Dictionary of a fandom. An emotional drug with other such hypnotized fans just as addicted as you or any other fan are to a specific subject. A large group of unstable and emotional fans that devote half of their time in daily life loving the thing that they are dedicated to. Whether it's the writers, the shippers, or the followers, they are all emotionally go haywire over it as one. Okay, if we can leave that up for a little bit. Now, the, uh, the question I want to ask this evening is if you are here and you are uh, someone who says that they follow Jesus, I want to ask you a genuine question tonight. For you, is this a fandom or are you a follower of Jesus and do you love him? Are you in a fandom or are you a follower in love with Jesus? You see, I think it's actually really easy for you guys and for me even to be here and, and actually be in a fandom when I think I'm a follower. You see, if you think about someone that's really into a band, right, um, and they're part of like a band's fandom, now what they would do is they would go to all the events. So they will be at Threads, they will be at Cruise, they will be at Hub, they'll be here on a Sunday. They would know all the words to the songs. They would even buy all the merchandise and have the t-shirts and the hoodies. But a fandom is very different to a follower who is in love. You see, if you're in a fandom, this is something that is a part of your life. Guys, if you are here tonight because you love Jesus, then Jesus will transform your life. It's not about being a part of something. It's about letting him transform who you are. You see, if you're in a fandom, it's maybe in a part of your life that's an addition to what already goes on. It's maybe a date in your diary, something that you do in a morning or, or maybe something that you go to. But if you are a follower in love with Jesus, then you get something. You get that you really fulfill your humanity when you are in love with him. That your humanity hinges on you being in love with Jesus. Now that might sound a little over the top because I know like some of you guys don't necessarily um, even believe in God. Maybe some of you guys are even sure what you think about when it comes to Jesus. But let me tell you something. Being in love with Jesus, knowing Jesus, that is the very point of your existence. That is the point of you being alive. 
And I believe that it's only when you're in love with Jesus that you will really find out what it means to be fully human. You see, I think that as there is someone um, who loves you, that God loves you, that God wants good for you. I think there's also someone who wants to harm you. And I'm not going to talk about him for, for ages this evening. But I think what he's really good at is distracting you and making you think that Jesus actually isn't that important. He isn't that a big a deal. He is maybe a part of your life. He is something that you can switch on or switch off. He is something that uh, maybe is an optional extra. But do you know, as long as you are not in love with Jesus, you're not dangerous. You see, people in love are dangerous. People in love do crazy things. That's why there are so many films about it. People in love just do abandon, like, all reason and will do crazy stuff. And as long as you can keep from being distracted away from Jesus, as long as you are on your phones, as long as you are not paying attention, as long as your boyfriend or girlfriend is more important to you than Jesus, as long as the focus of your life is getting good grades, pleasing your parents, getting a good job, then you are not dangerous. You see, it's not that those things aren't important. Yes, sure, they are and they are good. But the point of you being in this world is knowing Jesus. And not only really, really liking him, but loving him. Don't miss the point. How many of you guys um, have uh, played a game called Goat Simulator? Oh, okay. Some of you guys, I'm too good to you. I am treating you this evening. Man, you can have this one for free. I want to introduce you to the best game, Goat Simulator. Now, uh, we're going to have up on the screen uh, the, the kind of tutorial for Goat Simulator. If you've played GTA, it's a lot like GTA, apart from you're a goat. And what you do is when you're this goat, you just run around Goatville. You run around in this little goat world and you can do whatever you want. You can skip along, you can um, headbutt humans, you can set fire to stuff, you can jump off of diving boards, you can go and leap off of cranes. It's really fun, guys. If you've not got Goat Simulator, you need to sort your lives out. Goat Simulator is brilliant. Now, um, what I did is I got this app like this time last year and I basically went missing for months. Uh, and I was just playing Goat Simulator. And for ages and ages, I just, this is the diving board, I just ran around the world. I just ran around having a good time, headbutting stuff, licking stuff, because that's how you carry stuff around. And I had the best time just doing whatever I wanted as a little goat. I had a great time. And then I realized that Goat Simulator is so much more than just running around doing whatever I felt. You see, what this goat's doing now, you can see he's getting little trophies. And all throughout the world that he was in, there were missions to complete and things to do. There were other goats that you could become. There were superpowers that you could get. There were trophies to find. There were other worlds within worlds that you could discover. But do you know what? Thanks, Han. That's great. Do you know what? As long as I was running around that world... Just having a nice time, I wasn't achieving the point of the game. I wasn't achieving the purpose of the game. You see, I was having a nice time, but actually, there were missions for me to complete. There were things to do. There were things to discover. There was a whole other level that I wasn't reaching because I missed the point. Guys, don't miss the point. The point is to be completely in love with Jesus. And you might be sitting there thinking, wow, Laura, you're a bit extreme. I mean... You've already made it quite clear this evening that you'll go a bit OTT on stuff. You might be thinking that. But do you know the verse that Jess read out beautifully at the beginning? That the first, most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart or your soul or your mind or your strength. That wasn't to one person in particular. That was to everyone. 
You know, some of you guys might be sat there this evening and go, well, yeah, being in love with Jesus, like loving God, that's a bit much. It might be great for the guys that are on stage. Maybe even for some of the guys in, in Life Central Youth that, you know, go and offer to pray for people or go and, go and talk to people in the street. Maybe it, it's for those ones being in love with Jesus. But I want to say two things to you. Firstly, you can be up here or you can be doing that stuff and you can not be in love with Jesus. That's really easy. Scary, but easy. The second thing I would say is that that verse wasn't just to the people that are extroverts or brave or courageous. That verse was for everyone. If you are sat in this room this evening, God says to you, do you know what? You are created to be in love with me. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. This really is for everyone. You see, when you, uh, if, you're, if you follow Jesus tonight and you've made that decision in your life, then the moment you said yes to Jesus, something changed. You see, humans, you may have noticed, aren't the same as other animals and other beings. Humans are different. Humans, we're created to live for eternity. That's what we do. And I think sometimes we get it really wrong. I think sometimes we think, oh, yeah, sure, right, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, so I'm going to live my life now, and then when I die, then I'll live for eternity. Then I go, and there's this whole heaven deal, and that'll be really cool. But actually, that is not what it's about. You see, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you became a citizen of heaven. At that moment, you started living for eternity. Your living for eternity begins now. And so it should affect everything you do now. And the idea is, is that you don't wait until you get to heaven for something amazing to happen. You stop bringing heaven to earth right now. I want to give you a little example of something, and we'll see how well this goes. Um, I have something back here, pre-prepared. This is where I'm going to get myself in knots. Hang on a second, just bear with me. So I have this really, really long piece of rope. Some of you guys may have seen us use this in church. Um, I've brought it out for you guys tonight. Now, this rope here, this represents your life, okay? So if you have said yes to Jesus, the deal is you're living for eternity. And the reason you can't see the end of this rope is because it doesn't go on for eternity. It's actually tied to a, a bottle around there. But you get my point. It goes on for eternity, okay? And, um, and this is your life. This is what you have ahead of you. This is the perspective that you live with. However, this red bit here at the end... This is the amount of time that you spend here on earth. Just this tiny section of this really, really long rope. And what we do really well is focus on this tiny little bit here. On the people that we want to go out with or our, our boyfriends or our girlfriends or getting exam results or making people proud of us or making people like us or looking the right way and being thin enough or funny enough or popular enough and we get completely distracted that this is not the point. You see, if you've said yes to Jesus, then this should be your perspective. And you know what happens here in this white bit? And I know that Andy touched on this for those of you who are digital detox, but this bit here, this is eternity. And you know what we're told about this? I mean, it's amazing. We are told that one day there will be no more hurt. There will be no more pain. No more bullying. No more people feeling lonely. No more mental health problems. There will be no more prejudice. No more disability. 
No more poverty, no more brokenness. I mean, that's what we're living in here, here, in this bit here. That's what we've got to look forward to. It will be a place where the people that we know that follow Jesus also be, those people that you loved and you missed, you will spend eternity with them. Friends that you had that you don't see anymore, they will be in this space. And you know God tells us that in this space there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth, which means that there will be no more war or terrorism. There will be no more starving children. There will be no more disease. There will be no more climate change. That is the incredible world that we have to look forward to. Now, this is actually, this is actually an exercise, and um, I read it in a book. And when I first saw this, it challenged me and it terrified me because the author said, did you notice that when I talked about eternity, I didn't mention Jesus once. And if you didn't notice, and, you're a follower, and you follow Jesus here tonight, if you didn't notice, then do you really love Jesus? Because you are perfectly happy to do eternity without him. You see, if you really love someone, you notice when they're in the room. You notice if they're present. I always know when my husband, Andy, who presents tonight, I always know in the, when he's in the room. That's partly because he's really, really loud. But I always know where he... he, he oh, I track him as well on my phone because I'm a really paranoid wife. But uh, I always know where he is. If, if he's in the room, I know, I know he's there because I'm aware of him. And you know if you're in love with Jesus that that is exactly how it will be in your life. There will be um, relationships and there will be situations and you will be aware if Jesus is present. So, for example, I'll give you a practical example. Um, if there's a relationship that you are in, but Jesus is not in that relationship, and actually that relationship doesn't push you towards Jesus, doesn't make you feel more in love with Jesus, then is that something you're interested in? Because the point is to be in love with him. If there are situations you find yourself in, maybe things that you watch, things that you listen to, YouTubers that you watch, and actually Jesus um, is not in those things, you, by you watching those things, you don't feel closer to Jesus. If you're really in love with him, do you go, do you know what? They're not even worth bothering with. I only want stuff that's going to push me towards the one that I love, the one that I, I live for, the one that I really care about. For you, do the things that you do and the relationship you have push you closer to the one that you love? Do you notice when he's not present? Do you know that there are some things in your life that need to change and rhythms that need to change in order to make sure that Jesus is the one that you're pushing towards? And maybe for some of you tonight, you have never even like thought about Jesus. You've never thought really properly about God and what that means. But for some of you, does it mean that tonight you might begin to think about him? What does it mean to have him involved in my life? What does it mean to, to kind of have that eternity, to have this relationship with someone who loves you? Now, I'm going to finish in a moment. But before that, there's a story that I want to read to you. I want to reread it. Ryan read it brilliantly a little minute ago. And this is from Matthew 13. And it's from Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Bear with me. It says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Now, those of you here this evening who are listening intently may be thinking that what I'm about to do is tell you Jesus is the pearl. We are the merchants and what needs to happen is we need to get rid of everything that is nothing to do with Jesus because this pearl is so precious. Well, yes, and also no, 
You see, there's a problem with that because if Jesus is the pearl and we are the merchants, then that suggests that if I sold everything I have, if I get rid of everything I have, so in your head, just think of all the things that you have and you own and you, all the things that you could get rid of, that that would somehow be worth the price of Jesus. Nothing I own is anywhere near worth the life of God. Nothing. So that's the first problem with that. The second is the idea of a pearl. Now, is there anyone in here, just pop your hand up if you want to be brave and you think you know, who knows how pearls are created? Oh, got a hand at the back. Okay, George, I'm going to come down to you. Dun, 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 dun. What do you think, George? Any, any, something to do with like the oysters and that, and then like, yeah. the, they like make the pearls inside them. Why, why do they? Do you remember why? Nah. No. Does anyone remember why? Hannah? I'm going to come to Hannah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. They come out like the snappy shells. Yep. Snappy sh- we've got snappy shell hand actions going on. Clams. Hang on, I'm going to go to Jacob. A grain of sand gets inside the oyster. Perfect. Round of applause for Jacob. <laughs> Bang on oyster knowledge. So, right, what happens is you've got this little oyster. Hannah did little oyster hands, so I'm going to do them for you. That's the oyster. And what happens is this grain of sand gets into the oyster. And so what happens is this pearl actually starts as something that's like an irritant, something that causes the the oyster hurt and pain and irritation. So what happens is is the oyster emits like this substance that it wraps around the sand. So the sand has nothing to do with the fact that it's a precious, becomes this precious thing. It just happens to it. So the oyster wraps around this hurt and this pain something beautiful, something precious, something of value. And that becomes a pearl. Now that doesn't sound like Jesus to me. If we're thinking that the pearl is Jesus, that sounds a lot more like me. Something that started off maybe a bit broken, not too precious, makes mistakes, maybe accidentally causes hurt and pain to others, lets people down, isn't always the best. And then it gets wrapped up in something beautiful and precious. And I believe that's what happens when we come into a relationship with Jesus, that Jesus just wraps himself around us because he loves us and makes us become this beautiful, precious person. And God looks at us and says, you are precious. You are worth something. You are perfect. And so in the story, what that means is maybe if we're the pearls, then Jesus becomes the merchant. And this is where it gets incredible. Because in Jewish culture, so Jesus was a Jew, in Jewish culture, like there were certain things that they considered a bit dirty and grimy, and oysters were one of those things. So Jews didn't really like pearls that much. They weren't fussed by them because they came from something dirty. And so when uh, they would have been hearing this story, they'd have been like, well, why would you pay all this money for something a bit dirty and grimy? Why would you do that? But the merchant sees this thing that he considers precious and beautiful and perfect. This thing that is sometimes maybe a bit broken, makes mistakes. And the merchant says, that thing is precious to me. I will give everything I have to purchase that pearl. And the incredible thing about that story is that there was a moment where the merchant gave everything away had absolutely nothing except that pearl. 
except that thing that was precious to him. And do you know that's exactly what happened with Jesus? You see, I believe that Jesus died so that he could be in relationship with us. And there was a moment when Jesus died that he had nothing except you. And he said, I am happy with that. You are enough for me because I love you. And so I begin to think this about this idea of am I a part of a fandom or am I a follower in love with Jesus? And I think about what Jesus did and who Jesus is and I think there can only really be one response for that in me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is um, in Song of Songs 3 verse 4 and it just says this, I have found the one that my heart desires. And do you know Jesus looks at you and says that about you? And I want to turn around and I want to say that about Jesus. That compared to Jesus, nothing else gets my interest. Nothing else is important. Nothing else is going to distract me because I have found the one that my heart desires. And do you know, I don't love Jesus anywhere near as much as I should. And I want to love him more. But I, I do love him. And that is why I I do what I do. That is why when I come to church, I come and I sit on the front rows. Because I know that when I come to church and when I'm in church, I'm more likely, I'm, I'm more likely in this space to hear God's voice. God speaks to me here. And so I want to be right at the front to hear the voice of the one that I love. That's why I read my Bible. Because when I read my Bible, I more often hear God speak to me. And I want to hear what the one that I love has to say to me. That is why I worship just like we did at the beginning, because when I worship, I feel closer to the one that I love. And when things are going really well, I want to celebrate with him. And when things are horrendous, I just want to feel close to him. That is why when my friends or, or people or uh, individuals that I come into contact with upset me or hurt me, I forgive them. That is why I am generous or try to be generous. That is why I try to be patient and loving and kind. That is why I try to be, uh, speak well of people that do my face in. Because I know that when I do that, I look more like the one that I love. And that is what I'm interested in. Also, I want to ask you, do you come into this space to be a part of a fandom? Or are you a follower in love with Jesus? Now, I'm going to um, invite Dan to come up and just sing a song that I love and Dan loves as well. Um, and the words are going to come up on the screen. And as I do this, what I would love you to do is really ask yourself the question, do I love Jesus? Are there things in my life that maybe if I'm in that space of going, if I'm in love, I, I know where the one that I love is present. Are there places in your life that maybe Jesus isn't present and you think, do you know what? He's not in that space and so I don't want anything to do with it. Maybe if you've come here tonight for the first time and you're like, wow, okay, this is quite a lot. Maybe you want to have a think about what does it mean to be in a relationship with Jesus? What does it mean to say yes to a God who loves you so much? who looks at you and sees all the stuff wrong with you and says, you know what, you were worth giving everything for. And we're going to listen to Dan in a second, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do a little response. We're going to kind of respond to stuff that I've said. So this is kind of a reflection time. But after that as well, I'm also going to give an opportunity for anyone in here who doesn't know Jesus to maybe say, yeah, maybe, maybe I fancy getting to know him for myself. What you've said tonight, yeah, I'm in. I'm interested in that. But before I do, Dan is going to play. And I would love it if you would just have a think 
and a reflect on what's been said. And you know, if you're not into this, that's totally fine. But please don't distract the person next to you, because they might be. So I'm going to pray. Dan's going to play. It's all going to rhyme. And then I'm going to come back in a second, and we're going to respond. Jesus, um, I thank you for how much you love us. God, I thank you that you created us as eternal beings. And God, I'm so sorry for when we think that our life and the most important things are that tiny little bit of our lives that we all spend here on this earth and we get distracted by that. Jesus, I pray that you will be close to us now. And that as we think and reflect on this, that everything else, every other distraction would just fade away.